What's up, everybody? This is Zach. And Amy. Shad. And Judah. We hope that you've been having a fantastic week. It's be a light time. Whoop whoop. Yeah, yeah. Before we get into the episode, make sure you like, share, subscribe, all those good things. We have audio podcasts. We have the video on all the places. We got social medias, all of those things. But without further ado, let's kick this pig, Judah. Okay. Um, so this... <laughs> <laughs> so the subject I brought up for us to speak on is Adam and Christ contrast. Um, a lot of people don't even really know what that means. They get it in a sense of like, oh yeah, Adam, you know, he sinned and we all are sinners now. And then Christ died and like, I guess we're righteous. Um, but it's a very beautiful thing. And we're going to read out of, first I'm going to read some of my notes but and then we're going to read out of Romans 5 12 <laughs> through 21. So it's a good chunk of scripture and I have a good chunk of notes. Um but it's just what I wrote while thinking on and actually parallels with these verses. This is what I wrote while thinking on uh, the contrast between the two. So now my opening statement is this. The only way at Christ and Adam contrast is in that their actions included all humanity. One for their destruction and the other for utter redemption. And I put utter because that's just what I was hearing when I said it. Because I looked up the word and the definition is like completely just done. It's settled and it's by no action uh, of the party. And so we have utter redemption through Christ. Adam being a created being of God, whereas Jesus is a son begotten, but God uncreated. Robed in human flesh, but not a creation. So I just threw that in there, but it's really important that we know that Jesus is not a creation. Mm. He's not God's first created son. He's not the top on the list of all creation. He is the creator made flesh. He is part of the Trinity, the triune Godhead. He is not like Adam. It's just being a creation who did something right. He's God who took on flesh and came and saved us by his own power, power by his own right hand. So also in this, that Christ is not an image of Adam, but Adam an image, even a prophetic statement of Christ. Christ was before Adam. He was crucified before the foundation of the world. Nor is this, uh, in this way, can Adam's actions compare to Christ. The redemption gained through Christ far exceeds the loss of Adam. For truly nothing has been lost, for Christ surely has come. And so... Christ's action did not just redeem going forward. It redeemed going back as well. Mm. And even, this is a side note, but even though the, the prophets, it says in Hebrews, they looked forward to Christ. And people have been able to believe in Christ since the beginning of time. Mm. They've been able to believe since, this, since the first prophetic utterance of, you, he, you will bite his heel, but he will crush your head. They've had the ability to believe in a Savior since then, but they only saw in part. Now we see in full the manifestation of what they saw in part. It says they looked forward to what they, they, they wanted to be in this time, but they knew they were speaking for another people, another time. And so even they were believing in Christ, even in the Old Testament. Um, all were subjected to disobedience so he can have mercy on us all. See to God what what man sees as the greatest of falls, he sees as an opportunity for a complete once for all saving act. Christ could not come before Adam because we as men need to have a choice. Adam made this choice that all humanity inevitably must make to sell what he already was to gain it by his own means. We as tr we as humans must all come to the realization we truly live by image given, not by image gained. Now, once for all, through my beloved Christ, we have been restored to the image bestowed and freed from the bondage of sin. This is an important part. The bondage of sin, which is our own actions to be like God, when God has already said right at the start, let us make man in our image. So it's very important that we know the sin, that what it really is, that's what it's been since the beginning, is trying to be something that we already are. Mm. Mm. And we continue, even as Christians, we do this. 
We say we're in a process. We say we're working on it. We say all these things, that all these nice-sounding words. But what we're really saying is we're helping Christ out save us. We're helping Christ to redeem us, to manifest our righteousness, whatever words you want to say. Um, but before I get in the actual scripture, um, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because Christians have such an easy time saying, you know, oh, yeah, I'm just a sinner. Well, because Adam, right? Yeah. But when you say you're righteous because of Christ, we, we put these words on it like positionally righteous or or we're becoming righteous, or we don't want to accept the fact that we are righteous. Mm-hmm. We, we say, well, brother, if we are righteous, then why do we sin? Well, I ask you this. If a sinner's a sinner, why do they do good? See, your ability to do something does not define who you are. Mm-hmm. What God has said about you is the definition of who you are. You were once sin, not just a sinner. You were once sin, but now you are the righteousness of God because Christ became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God. Mm. See, you didn't do anything. You were simply born a sinner. That's why you must be born again because a baby doesn't come out the womb trying to sin. It just comes out the womb. Mm. So we in the same way need to be birthed into this Knowing we're sucking our thumbs by no ability of our own do we bring ourselves into this righteous act, but it's only by Christ and him crucified. It's only by that. And that is the only reason that Adam, I mean, that they're even compared is in that instance to show that if one can be, if all can be included in Adam, a created act, a created being, then how much more God himself coming as man, fully God, fully man, how much more can that act include us into the righteousness of God? And so I don't talk the whole time. Do one of you guys want to read Romans 5, 12 through 21? Um, I'll read it because I have some yeah. cross-reference stuff. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> uh, this is the new... Ooh, I should probably turn to it. This is the New Living Translation. Again, this is Romans 5, starting verse 12, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. I'm sorry, this is the passion passion translation. Mm -hmm. When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered human experience, and death was the result. And so death followed this sin, casting its shadow over all humanity, because all have sinned. Sin was in the world before Moses gave the written law, but it was not charged against them where no law existed yet death reigned as king from adam to moses even though they hadn't broken a command the way adam had the first man adam was a picture of the messiah who was to come um i just want to make a few references here um uh, in verse 14 um in the new living translation it said adam was a symbol um, here it said he was a picture, um, but the word uh, in the Greek is tupos uh, for that symbol word, um, which is, it means made or um, in a pattern which is to be replicated or repeated, um, also a prototype prefiguring a person to come. I just thought that was cool. Um, Verse 15, now there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we experience, for the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. I really love that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's true that many died because of one man's transgression, but how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift of acceptance overflow to many because of what one man, Jesus, the Messiah, did for us. Mm-hmm. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. 
But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God, acquitted with the words, not guilty. Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life? I love that. Bill Johnson references that a lot, that as righteous people, we are able to reign in life, reign as kings in life. Enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness is the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of Jesus sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all. One man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to become for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. So then The law was introduced into God's plan to bring the reality of human sinfulness out of hiding. And yet, wherever sin increased, there was more than enough of God's grace to triumph all the more. And just as sin reigned through death, so also this sin-conquering grace will reign as king through righteousness, imparting eternal life through Jesus, our Lord and Messiah. Amen. That's just a good word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want to go back. And I referenced a couple of things, but um, regarding verse 12, um, these were just some cross references from the New Living Translation. But um, this is 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 20 through 22. Um, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. And... um, I feel like I should go back and read the verse before I do the, um, regarding verse 13, sin was in the world, um, before Moses gave the written law, but was not charged against them where no law existed. Um, and Romans four, uh, in verse 14, Uh, For if keeping the law earns the inheritance, then faith is robbed of its power and the promise becomes useless. For the law provokes punishment, and where no law exists, there cannot be a violation of the law. Um, I liked in the New Living Translation, it's like, well, if we do away with the law, then we don't have to worry about it. And that's exactly what Christ did. (laughs) Um, And going back to... First Corinthians, and I'll I'll do this, and then I'll let somebody else talk because I got a lot of other stuff here. Um, but going back to First Corinthians, and this is in reference to verse fourteen. Um, a lot of back and forth. Uh, yet death reigned as king from Adam to Moses, even though they hadn't broken a command the way Adam had. The first man, Adam, was a picture of the Messiah who was to come. Uh, And I I talked about Adam being the prototype, um, but this is, again, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, starting in verse 45. The scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person, but the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body, then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. And Judah was talking about that, like he's um, fully God, um, robed in flesh. Um, Earthly people are 
are earthly people are like the earthly man and heavenly people are like the heavenly man just as we are now like the earthly man we will someday be like the heavenly man and this is the new living translation um and they have an annotation for um in some manuscripts and that's usually referencing what the original greek manuscript says um instead of saying that someday we will be like the heavenly man it says let us be like the heavenly uh, mm -hmm. heavenly man mm -hmm. because we are new creations in Christ. We are new beings. Um, something that God keeps putting in my spirit recently is that we are in a new bloodline. Uh, and um, <coughs> the bloodline of the spirit. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, it's not that someday we will be like this or like Judah was saying, like working towards it. It's just something that you believe and you identify with and you just be like that <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I'll let somebody else go so I don't sit here and I hear it <laughs> jokes on you I don't have anything <laughs> <laughs> um, I just you know thinking about Christ and Adam the more we we have to pull back a lot of things that have been misconstrued over the years um you know even the world like the world even recognizes the fall of man like yeah. it's not something that just us christians talk about like it's there's some sort of fall like in every culture and mm -hmm. every religion that man has done something to fall out of the graces of the gods or whatever. Well, it's like they realize that there's actions that have negative consequences and affect us negatively. Mm -hmm. So it's like that had to start somewhere. Yeah. You know? And it's just very interesting that every culture has tried to find some sort of savior in one thing or another. And the only one that adds up to perfect salvation is Jesus because you look at any other religion and it's man-based, like, oh, this guy did something. And, you know, it's like, but it doesn't pan out when you get down to it because Jesus is the only thing that actually happened. <laughs> you know, it wasn't some guy that was just like, ah, peace. You know, that's, that's a fruit of the Spirit. But Jesus came down and he made things happen. Mm -hmm. And just to see the pure love of the Father, like, okay, he knew he knew what was gonna happen. He made everything, he knew it was gonna happen, and he's like, Okay, this is the plan. This is what's gonna, you know, what's gonna happen with Adam and everything. And I, so many people like well Adam made us made sin and all of this into the world but God still loved Adam so much mm -hmm. like he blessed his life mm -hmm. he blessed his life so much by allowing him to live you know uh, people think God is this vengeful mean person well who wouldn't be mad if like you brought sin into the world you brought death into the world like if we were if a human was God Guess what we would do? We'd kill Adam. Mm -hmm. But instead, God let Adam live for hundreds of years mm -hmm. to really, you know, he he gave him that promise that he would have a long life. And he saw so many things. He saw the fruit of what he had done as well. So I think it was kind of like this realization as well because, you know, we saw Cain and Abel and all of this. But God did not take his blessings away from Adam. And I think that's something we need to realize as well is even if we make a mistake, God doesn't take care of the blessings that he's given us, the love that he gives us because he's not like that. And there, his true blessing is Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, tag team. Okay. Um, there's one verse that when I read this, so I encourage you, I say this in every video, read your Bible. Just read it. Don't let your pastor be your Bible. 
Don't let Bill Johnson or Dan Moller or Todd White, any of these guys, be your Bible. Don't let them. Or Judah Bryant. Or Judah Bryant or any of us, you know. <laughs> uh, read it for yourself. Uh, because I read this. Because everyone has, oh, I'm just a sinner, brother. I'm just going to sin. I can't help but sin. Sin, sin, sin. They're so, they worship sin. Um, but this is Genesis 4. So this is not, this is a chapter, <laughs> a chapter after the fall. Genesis, Genesis 4, 7. This is God talking to uh, Cain. He said, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Mm. So that's Genesis 4, guys. Um, so just think about that. That's why we, he said we're sin abound. Grace abounded much more. That's what we just read. But I'm trying to, what I want to convey from this is that everything's about Christ. Yeah. It all points to him. Mm-hmm. He is the focal point, the cornerstone, the crux. He is everything. So we see all these things and, and we, we take so much depth into the Old Testament and make all these like inspirational stories and like, you know, and saying that's you on a Sunday, but it points to Christ. Mm-hmm. It all points to Christ. Adam from the beginning pointed to Christ. God's great plan at the end of the day was a grand laugh since he does know everything. He knew everything that could play out. I'm not going to get into it. Does he know if there's a million variables? I don't care about all this stuff. <laughs> He's just all knowing. Mm-hmm. And so he knew he gave man the right to be like, here's the tree of life. Yeah. Here's the knowledge of good and evil. You got everything else in the garden. Just don't touch this one thing. Here's everything else. And they touched, they did the one thing, but he's like, I already knew that. So now there's Christ Jesus and see the enemy, because you have to understand there's an enemy who thinks he's smart, who thinks he's going to win this thing. But Christ is crucified before the foundation of the world. And so Adam then became a picture type because he's like, okay, if you're going to try to mess up my first creation, I'm going to include all of my creation in him just so I can have another one come so they can have an example that they can read of and say, okay, just like you said, everybody knows Adam sinned, everyone's included. Okay, everyone's like general knowledge. Mm -hmm. But now there's Christ. In the same way, I believe he even talks about election in Romans 9, but and we'll get to that in just a second, where everyone's included in Adam, so he's like, now I'll give them something they can visually see. Everyone is included in Christ. Yeah. Everyone. And 2 Corinthians 5 says this, For this reason, we're convinced that if one has died, therefore all have died. That's why he's the last Adam. He's not the second Adam, he's the last Adam. He's the last one that the Lord is going to put everyone on and include everyone in for all time, forever. It is Christ. And you see in Romans, I believe believe it's Romans 9, if it's not, Google it, read your own Bible, um, where he talks about election, where he talks about before they were born, he loved Jacob, but he hated Esau. And he has all these different comparisons where he chose Israel, but he hated everyone else, all these things. But then Paul sums it all up and says he did this only so now he could make his choice and love us all completely and wholly through Christ. Did he always love us? Yes. But now he has completely chosen to see us solely through Christ. Yeah. And see, the more we believe this, the more we will live it the more it'll manifest in our life because it's the truth. It's not that you're like, I'm just lining up with this. This is my truth. No, this is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. Mm. I am the truth and I am the life. Yeah. I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. He is the final say of yeah. God. That's what it says in Hebrews. And many times in many ways he spoke through his prophets, but now he has spoken through his son. He has displayed his final will through his son. And so now the Christian life is to completely and utterly abandon your ability to be righteous, your ability to be good, your ability of anything on your own and wholly throw yourself upon the rock, which is Christ 
and let him live through you. And you live together. I know it sounds like, like how does someone live through me? I'm just going to be a robot. It's not like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a mystical union, guys. It's, it's you're alive, but he's alive in you. You're living, but you're living by his power. You're already doing this, guys, but you're living by the power of the world, which is why you're dying. But we can live by Christ, and those who follow him and eat of him will never die. So I'm saying your power source, guys. I'm saying the source of your life, because that's Jesus. He's the life. You've already been doing this, living on your own, living by a different power. Just hook up to the main source, the actual source of life. You've actually been dead the whole time. Now come and be alive and walk with him. That's that's what I'm trying to convey, is that it's you're not going to be able to do anything on your own. You can't make yourself righteous. You can't ascend into heaven to bring Christ down. You can't descend to bring Christ up. You can't do anything. Man's, this is John 6. In John 6, it says, man's power is utterly useless. Your power is useless. You must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born of heaven so you can live by a different power source. I'm not saying you die and stay dead and Jesus comes and takes over your body and then you're just like, a robot to him because Jesus even said, I only say what I hear the father say yeah. that, that shows will right there. I only say what I hear the father say. I didn't say the Lord, my father only speaks through me what he wants to say. And then I didn't say, and then he said, I only do what I see my father do. So you see there's, there's a, there's a, a, a relational thing that's occurring, yeah. but people stop there and they usually try to make that even more. Well, I'm, I didn't hear the Lord say it, so I'm not going to say it. I'm not even here see the Lord do it, so I'm not going to do it. And they make it a work. They try to shaba 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 until they hear something. They try to shaba shaba or do until they hear, see him like, get a vision of him doing some weird, stupid. Stop it, stop it. Because read the Bible, and the next verse says this: For the Father loved the Son. So, and, and because of this, the Father loved the Son that He showed Him all things. So Jesus wasn't going around just standing still waiting for the Lord to show him something and then he did it. But he had a relationship with the Father and the Father showed him all things. And then Jesus in the same way said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends because a servant doesn't know anything, but a friend knows all. So you're included in the all. You can know all the plans of God. You don't have to quote the old, uh, oh, I'm going to get annoyed real quick. You don't have to quote the Old Testament scripture to nullify the New Testament truth. You have to understand that. There's a lot of things that have been only shadows, but have been revealed in the New Testament. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Who can understand the Lord's mind? Yes, I understand that's a verse, but we now have the mind of Christ and we understand all things. It's in Corinthians. Well, Paul even references that verse and Mm -hmm. he's like, but now you have the mind of Christ. Yes. (laughs) And you understand these things. So, so stop it. If you're listening to those people who are trying to make you think you're working for it, you got to come to this place or do this or do that, stop it. Read your Bible. Get the truth of the New Testament, and then you can read the Old Testament through the New Testament truth. Yeah. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, I had a couple more things. Um one of the things uh, in verse 17, um, it talks about um, righteousness. And that word righteousness, I have no idea how to say this, dikaiosune. I'm sure I butchered that. No one knows how to um, say it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it's the <clears throat> Greek word for righteousness. And most of us have somewhat of an understanding of righteousness. But um, I really loved um, one of the definitions that they gave. I mean, it's living at God's standard, but one of the definitions was practical living. And reading it, putting practical living in the place of righteousness um, in the verse, God's gift of righteousness Um, is the gift of practical living because it's what we were made for. Righteousness is practical for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. And um, I want to... Oh, yeah. 
this was probably one of my favorite things that I've found just in <coughs> setting this. I'm really glad you brought this topic up, Judah, because it's really good. Uh, Isaiah 53. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but um, starting in verse 10. <coughs> make sure I'm in the mic. Uh, but the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. Because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all of their sins. And the that um, phrase that many descendants really stuck out to me. And um, I'm going with the definitions tonight. Um, that word descendants is the Hebrew word zera, meaning seed or offspring. And again, um, I've been in Ephesians, so like being a child of God is like, totally speaking to me, <laughs> but we are children of God and we are a new bloodline of the spirit. We are descendants of this new um, bloodline that Christ created for us and that we have the Holy Spirit. Um, and just a couple more verses. Um, Galatians 3. Uh, starting in verse 19. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sin. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful. Now, a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Make sure I'm not... Okay. Mm -hmm. um, is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scripture declares that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what Judah was talking about. It's um, realizing our identity in him, and it's not something that we work for. And last one. Um, this is That was in reference to verse 20 of the Romans passage we read. And now I'm going to go to Romans 8. Um, verse 10. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. The power of God lives in us, and we have, an in we have inherited that because we are now new creatures in Christ. That's all I got. That's awesome. That's like, what, seven verses or so. It was, just, it was all these, like, cross references that was just like God has woven this all together and all of that truth is in there and it was never it's not like one isolated thing it's always been his plan um, mm -hmm. it says that in Ephesians um, it's always been his plan. it's always been his plan and I loved that I don't know a whole lot of Isaiah but every time I read it reading like you were saying through the eyes of what now we have in Christ that we're given, we're told we're given in the New Testament, going back and reading the Old Testament, it's just like, it's just building up mm -hmm. to the good stuff, you know? Because <laughs> yep, yep. it all points to him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
We got it, man. Not really. <laughs> Just talking about how God's good, man. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to have anything. <laughs> um, I will say that it's whenever we talk about Adam and the fall, like God, God didn't make a mistake. Mm. So like he, without, without Jesus, like without the fall, without Adam, we wouldn't be able to even perceive God's redemptive nature. Mm Mm-hmm. And like that's the entire Bible from beginning to end. It's just God showing His redemptive purposes. Um, that's all I got. That's Jesus good. is good. Jesus is not Adam's band aid. Hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not a he's not a boo boo coverer. So that's your your one sentence. This was a great sentence. <laughs> <laughs> You look at the Bible, and I was kind of going off of what you were saying, Shad. Like, the Bible is the greatest story ever written. Like, we go to the movies all the time, and we're like, oh, the new Marvel movie, or <laughs> the Star Wars, and yeah. all of this. But you literally look at the arc of, not the, that's in there, but anyway, you look at, like, how the Bible went like how it goes and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you start out, it's just like, man, everything's great. Mm-hmm. And then conflict. Yeah. And it's just like, well, how do we get out of this? You know, mm-hmm. who's the hero? It's like, Jesus is the hero. <laughs> He's the one that's going to save us all. And I just think that's so awesome that Jesus is our hero. He's better than, Batman, he's better than all of this. And I'm kind of like comparing and all of that, but it's like we, we so much in our day to day, we look for someone that's going to make the day better, yeah. you know? And all we have to do is just look to Jesus mm-hmm. because he's there. He's like, man, he's like, just let me do it. <laughs> he's like, just let me at it because it's, yeah. it's already done. Just accept it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So just knowing that, you know, he didn't fall to sin. The devil tried. The devil tempted him. You know, he, he did everything that he could. But Jesus was the perfect sacrifice so we would be able to be made new through him. And that, that's just awesome. Yeah. And, like, with the Bible, you'll see it is constantly... And we needed this a lot. That's why there's a lot of horrible stuff in the Bible. Because he needed this. Man's attempt. God's perfect showing of mm-hmm. that. Man's attempt. God's perfect doing of it. Man's attempt. God doing it perfect. The whole Testament shows man trying. Mm-hmm. And that's why they, they said, Moses, you go up there and speak to him for his words frighten us. And the Lord's like, oh. You ain't going to come. This is paraphrased Judah version. You ain't going to come up here. You ain't going to have a relationship with me. I'm going to know Moses face to face, but here's my law. Here's 613 Uh, commandments or 613 laws and 10 commandments. You want what I can give you? Well, try to be like me then. Mm -hmm. Try to be like me by your own standards because that's why, that's why once again, like I said, sin, the ultimate sin ultimately is us trying to be like God by our own ability. That's why the law heightens sin in us because it showed us everywhere that we can't be like him on mm-hmm. our own. Yeah. And you can mm-hmm. see this through 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 um, through Saul and David. They cried out for a king, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna give you a king, but he's gonna take all this stuff from you. He's gonna do all these things." And he was he was a good looking by the eye. He looked he was a head over shoulders, good looking man. Saul was great for a time, and they, he was ruled great for a time. We can do everything good by ourselves for a time. Sin is fleeting, so we're good at that. But then you see, as he falls, God already had his perfect king picked out in David. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He already had the one who will, the man after my own heart, who will fulfill all of my will. He already had him picked out. He already had the redemption, the perfect image that he wanted right there. And so that's... (laughs) 
that's how I solve all these issues. Like, what about this in the Old Testament and that? And I'm like, well, you know, because people are like, well, why, do, why would God do that? And I'm like, well, he even, he even told him. He's like, I'm going to be exactly like the God that you want me to be. Yeah. So he was just acting how they wanted him to. And showed him through the Old Testament, this is how a God that you want acts. And this is what you get. You know, the law of, it was literally the law of sin and death. But then you see God's really real will is when, when, when um, David committed adultery with Bathsheba, sent her husband out to die. He still, that was his statement. This is a man after my own heart who will fulfill all my will. My will. You see his grace. His, you see, God is grace throughout the Old Testament. Wrath is men through the Old Testament. Mm. So that's as we had to see by ourselves. And it culminated, and I posted this the other day, the culmination for us to see our own wrath and anger was that we killed the very one who came to save us. Mm. And Peter even said that. He said, and you killed your own Savior. <laughs> and they, rend, they ripped their shirts and said, Men, what must we do to be saved? They're like, wow, we royally screwed up and killed the very one who came to save us. You have to see, now the Bible is going to shift for you when you see that man, it culminated and you see men's wrath, all of these things that culminated in God sending their savior. And he even said it, he's like, I sent prophets and they killed him. I sent this, but oh, I'm going to send my son. But they took his son, said, this is the heir, and they killed him. Jesus even told him, hey, you're going to kill me. Yeah. And they were like, you got a devil. <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> well, who's going to kill you? What are you talking about? But we killed our very own Savior. So the cross did not reveal the wrath of God. It revealed the wrath of man. It revealed the nature that they were by. But Jesus was saying, you have one father. He said, you're of your father, the devil. But then he said again, you're of one father. You right now you're acting like this father, yeah. but you have actually one father. It means origin. It means the place you. It's so you have one place you actually started from, and that's God. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's saying, yeah, I see all this. You're acting like the devil, but you have one origin. That's through God. And yeah, you're gonna kill me, but if I be lifted up, which really he's saying, if I be crucified, all men will be drawn to me. And so we see, once again, because people think it's the wrath of God that was poured out on humanity. But once, once again, he, anything that's hung on a tree is cursed. He didn't become hum human on the cross. He became sin. Yeah. So the wrath was against sin, and the wrath against sin because sin made us wrathful. It made us full of rage and anger. You see any child who's two, you take that bottle away from them, you take their toy, they go, Durr! <laughs> they're immediately like that they're born like that you can see it just in that right there but we need to be born again yeah so we can actually walk righteously we can actually walk in our true nature that he said let us make man in our image you're always destined for the image of god you weren't made a sinner first and then redeemed into a saint Come you were on. image of god fell into sin image of God restored. That's why reconciliation to be rec I've already been over this all so many times to be reconciled means you have to have a place of origin. You can't reconcile something that it does not to reconcile means to bring back to original value or to original place. You can't reconcile something that didn't have an original origin. <laughs> come on. So to be, give the message of reconciliation to say, Hey, come on back in. Yeah. Come on back into mm. the party, back into the image of God and the life of God. People don't know this. <laughs> but that's why we're given how wonderful are those who's, who go and preach the gospel, who give the good news. Mm. The reconcile, it reminded me of people restoring cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you take this classic car, it might be ran down or whatever, that's sin. You know, because mm -hmm. it was originally this beautiful yeah. car, but it wasn't taken care of. It was, you know, this, that, or the other. It's rusted out. Mm -hmm. But somebody comes in and they restore it. Yeah. You know, make everything new again. Mm -hmm. That's how God yeah. came after us. Mm -hmm. It just restored us, and we're showroom ready. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the restoration we have is actually the words kinos. And it's not even, you weren't 
the same car. You're not restored back to the same, even the same car. He went another step and just made this, like she, she said, a whole new breed. Yeah. We're a whole new animal. Like the world's never seen before. We're not, we're not just restored back just to the image of God. We're restored so back that we can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. You can continue <laughs> to deny it, and there's people. That's why they're called believers and unbelievers. That's all that there are. Yeah. There's not state and center, just believers and unbelievers. Because all were included with Christ, so those who don't believe it, they're just unbelievers. They don't believe. But their unbelief does not tarnish or change the reality that they've been included. Yeah. Come on. That's why there's just unbelievers and believers. That's it. That's all that's all there is. Yeah. You get them to believe, if they don't become it right then, they already were. You're just getting them in on the goodies that have already been displayed through Christ mm-hmm. once for all. Once for all, the last Adam. There's not an <laughs> there's not another time coming, guys. The last Adam's come. You're included already. You can fight it. You can take the wrath of God, <laughs> wrath upon yourself if you want to. But God judges no one. You judge yourself because He's put all judgment on His Son. But if you want to be included in that judgment and drink your own cup, sure, go right ahead. You're perfectly allowed to, but you don't have to. Um, I know we probably need to wrap up, but, um, like, like I said, I've been reading Ephesians a lot and, um, like, I've had different ideas of what being predestined means. I won't get into all that, but, um. Like, if we really believe that God created all of us in his image and his word says he predestined us before the foundations of the earth, Mm -hmm. that means before he created any of us, all of us Mm. were predestined for this perfect plan of redemption. And um, I know there's a lot of different... Um, beliefs about, you know, well, some people are going to be receivable and some people aren't, and which is true, but that doesn't, everyone has a choice, just like Adam had a choice. Um, you know, God didn't force himself on them and make them robots. He gave them a choice. You have this one tree that you're not supposed to eat from, and... Um, You know, you can choose to live in my love, live in this perfect place, or don't. And, um, but we were all fit into this perfect plan, and there isn't a select few that can get in. Everyone has that availability. Mm -hmm. And his love like we've been talking about is so it's so deep and it's so pure and I think because we look at the way the world is it almost seems impossible that someone could love us that way and having that understanding because we base our a lot of our beliefs on our own life experiences and it's like well um like we've been talking about um you know it's like well I'm still a sinner and it's like if that's that was your experience but if you believe that you are not your experience you believe that you are this identity and you can experience this new life and walk in this new love. I mean, you you get to be a part of all these blessings, of all this goodness, of this righteousness, and it's what you were made for. And it's like, I think a lot of people have a hard time believing that they can really walk in that and really believe that someone loves them that much. But God does. And... um. 
we are his righteousness. It's not by our own um, works. It's not by, you know, it's not by our own works. <laughs> we have the righteousness of God, and it's just something that you just receive and believe. And, you know, there's not, uh, there's not fine print on the deal. <laughs> it's just, it's just that straightforward. Um, so yes, someone does love you that much. All right. There you go, everybody. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything? No, I'll just pray. Okay. Let's close out with some prayer. Lord, I just thank you so much for your want to reveal. And before I pray, I was hearing this while she was talking. He was saying, my love for you is as, as eternal as I am. And it's as alpha and omega as I am, meaning there is, there's no beginning because he is love. So his love for you didn't start at the cross. The cross was because of his love for you. And so, Lord, I just thank you for your ability to give revelation. Lord, I thank you that anything I know about you is only by revelation. I'm not smart enough to get this. You're just smart enough to reveal it to me and loving enough. So, Lord, I thank you in the same way that those people who are trying and beating their head, trying to understand you, that they would give up and take a nap. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lord, that they would just give up and let you reveal who you are to them. Paul said it pleased God to reveal his son in me. So, Lord, I thank you for that, that they, you, they would see the pleasure that you get from revealing yourself to us. Lord, that you are ecstatic (laughs) full of joy to reveal yourself to us other gods are unknown but you just can't you're chomping at the bit waiting to reveal yourself to us lord so i thank you for easy access revelation lord if they're praying for revelation get them to stop if they're fasting for revelation get them to stop and let them simply be overwhelmed by revelation from you, by nothing that they do on their own power, their own ability. I just speak peace and rest to them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, there you got it. There you got it. (laughs) (laughs) There you got it. (laughs) Uh, We hope that you enjoyed the episode. If you did, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, If you want the audio version, you can check that out as well. Share it. Share it so more people mm-hmm. get the revelation because God is just showing awesome stuff. So yeah. just share it. Uh, and uh, we put out a lot of awesome stuff throughout the week from Shad's post to Amy's post to Judah's live streams and all of that. We're doing a lot of awesome stuff. So come hang out, come enjoy the content uh, and get a hold of everything that's going on because it's God. It ain't us. It's Big old G-Dog up there. (laughs) All right, so. (laughs) This has been Zach. And Amy. Shad. And Judah. Have a blessed week. Goodbye.